This week's episode of Probably Science is brought to you by The Great Courses Plus, who are offering a free trial plus 30% off when you sign up for an annual plan, which comes out to just 10 bucks a month. So go to thegreatcoursesplus.com slash probably. Probably Science. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Probably Science. I'm Andy Wood. I'm Matt Cushion. Hey, Andy. Hey. hey. How are things back in L.A.? Oh, the best. <laughs> you guys uh, having better weather now? Oh, it was raining yesterday, and uh, now it's sunny. And that's everything that's happened in the city. Right? We had like 40 mile an hour wind yesterday. I didn't know if you guys got anything crazy down there. I don't think we ever get that. Oh, I don't think you can. Rearranged. There's too many buildings. Like you, right, you need a you need a lot of nothing around you to get that's, that speed that's what, up. That's what I got. That's it's like got. it'd be like trying to run in a like in a shopping mall or something. You can only go so fast. It's physically you impossible. Hit. Yeah, you, you you know you're gonna hit someone. I mean, Leslie like Jones, you'll barrel over to... a child, and that that'll at least take a few miles per hour out of you. Or you might collide with the other cameraman like they do on Supermarket Sweep. Oh, they do. Uh, you haven't watched that? It's pretty fun. The old version of it, so many times, is multiple cameramen with like steady cams trying to chase the shoppers around, and sometimes they accidentally get in each other's shots. And you're like, "Oh, that's got to be the worst as a supermarket sweep cameraman." To have <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll add it to my very long list of things to see. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> let's get our guest in because she's yes. great. Uh, hey, 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 Dana Eagle. Hello, how are you guys doing? Good. Dana's very funny comic and. Very happy to finally get her on the show. How how are you? How's your how's year, my, ten years? How's, <laughs> how's my pandemic going? It's going pretty good. Um, I I got vaccinated yesterday, Ooh. so yeah, I was like, I was a little too arrogant. I was like, I'm not gonna have side effects. <laughs> oh, you are though. Oh yeah, my voice isn't usually this deep. This is my vaccine. This is my sexy Johnson and Johnson vaccine voice. <laughs> Which is the one shotter or the two shotter? Yeah, that's the one shot. So you got J and Jade. Yeah, I wasn't expecting. I showed up and they gave me a choice, and I was totally oh. not prepared. They were like, "Do you want Moderna, or Johnson and Johnson?" And I was like, "Oh no, they called Jansen." And I was like, "Yeah, I, I don't need to do this again." And I totally. It's funny because I feel like I always follow the news on like all of this stuff. And then, of course, like in the days before I go, I'm just like, whatever. So I just made a, a decision on the spot. And I was just I, I really don't know anymore because I, I thought Moderna had much better stats. But then someone yes, yesterday was telling me that was was saying that Johnson and Johnson is better for some of the other strains. But then that wasn't someone who is a virologist or epidemiologist or anything. So I have no idea whether that was true. Like I've got no idea anymore. I'm, I'm with you. Like I, I was up on the news and I was up on all the statistics, but I was very much like, no, there's no way I, I would go somewhere else if they're only offering the Johnson and Johnson. And then she was like, no, I want to hold out for the Johnson and Johnson. Hmm. So oh. who knows? The downside of Johnson Johnson is it turns all your future text messages green. So yeah, if you want to be that guy, maybe it's better, but you're going to be the one who clunks up a whole group thread and uh, <laughs> makes it all. Sorry, I love the idea that Moderna is could this be like a comparison iOS of and... the yeah, of the Android user versus the iPhone yeah. user. That was a <laughs> jump there. That was sorry, it was too big of a jump. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I deserve points just for following it though. Yeah, you got that before it made me. Sense. We haven't. So John Hodgman is the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. 
<laughs> Wait, I forgot what. Oh, because we equate PCs with Android now, I guess. Uh, sure. Yeah, why not? Remember when yeah. there used to be a real line between PC and Mac people? I was like, that I was mean, nice, too. Remember how much, in retrospect, Justin Long was a smug prick in those things, and you'd much rather hang out with John Hodgman? <laughs> well, well, they did the same. If I remember rightly, they had the same ads in Britain with Mitchell and Webb. But, oh. And David Mitchell was the PC, and Robert Webb was the Mac. And the longer right. they went on, the more David Mitchell's career was climbing, and he was going on all the panel shows and being incredibly funny. Oh, and like, it was like, I think in both cases, the... The PC has turned out to be the better one of the two. Right. Yeah. I mean, although I, actually, having said that, I met Justin Long once at a, at a gig, and he was lovely. So who knows? Oh, I'm, I'm. Listen, I can separate the art from the artist, and I know that he had to play a smug Mac, so it's not him. <laughs> but you know what's so funny? For as epic as those commercials were, I can't remember whether it was PC that produced them or Mac or Apple that produced them. It's definitely Apple. Yeah. It was. Apple. It was definitely Apple. Okay. Yeah, but that that shows an effective campaign when it's comparing two products directly, and you can't even work out who it's in favor of. <laughs> and then, then the whole "Can you hear me now?" Then that guy jumped ship to a different company. I don't even know which. Yeah, one then he, he jumped to. Hear. I did one of those commercials. I did the. I did one of those. Uh, "Can you hear me now?" commercials. Do you, you ever? Oh. You guys ever have that? Where I don't think like, we had um, that one in in Britain. What was the ad? It was a guy. He just kept keeps going. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? And then. Um, they had this big campaign for his millionth step or something, or his millionth, can you hear me now? And you know, don't you feel like this always happens in show business? Like the thing that they tell you is going to be huge. is like the thing that just doesn't happen. And never, and never, I got paid for it. They kept me on hold out of all communications and the commercial, like this huge commercial just never went. Oh, but, uh, but you got paid. I got you, paid. Well, you would have got paid. You got paid the commercial fee, but if no, it had right. been huge and on TV constantly, then you would have got all the royalties. Right. Right. Yes, I would have. Um, Matt, are you a PC person? Uh, no, I have a Mac in front of me. Okay. And also, I'm frequently racist. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I refuse to bow to. Right. This damn cancel culture of Dell's and HP's. <laughs> uh, were you, you and I were kind of late. Am I right that we were both kind of late to the Mac world, Matt, or not? Did we begrudgingly? Uh, uh I don't know. No, I, I think. Oh, you. I got. I got my first laptop when I came out to America. I always had desktop computers before that, so that would have been two thousand and seven, <sighs> and that was a MacBook. So oh, that was okay. before that. I had PCs at home, but they were all desktop computers. Yeah, I, I I was the guy in the writer's room with a, a HP or some bullshit uh -huh. for a while. In like 2015, there was just one job where I got mocked enough times. I'm like, fine, I'll I'll go buy your overpriced. <laughs> but then it, it is overpriced, and I don't love a lot of the UI shit about Macs. I think it just hides too many things. But then again, that two, 2015 laptop is still in front of me right now. I never had one of these HPs last more than like two years. So Smackdown, I have a late 2013 MacBook Pro. Oh, damn. Yeah, wow. it's really it's really old. Um, but I grew up, my dad uh, was an IT guy, and uh, he just, the idea of Max made his head explode of like, just that they were so overpriced. And, I, and, I and you can't tinker with them as much. I think if you're yep. a real computer person, you really hate the idea of a machine that you can't take apart and augment and 
get into right. the operating system and pull things out and add things in. It's all about control. And I, I used to have this joke about uh, my Jewish father would take it better if I told him I, I'm taking Jesus as my Lord and Savior than, <laughs> than if I say to him, I'm switching to Mac. <laughs> Something like that. Which was relevant at the time. Yeah. So... Um, if anybody at Apple's listening, I still can't get over how clunky Finder is and how many steps it takes to just change like the view of it's just so not in keeping with their whole ethos of like having intuitive UI shit. It's oh, you mean the the spotlight? Oh, I have no, a... no, just just so many things about Finder that like PCs just do better about uh-huh. Explorer than Finder, and I can't think of like specific. It's just always like way too many steps to manipulate files easily and get them sorted in ways you want it's just for, yeah because they don't count the about... folders a- anyway uh, <laughs> i'm like is this the standard fear like i am i'll be honest with you i'm slightly high from the vaccine and the painkillers but um Wait, you get painkillers if you take the johnson and johnson one well okay here's what happened was i got was i took it i wasn't really expecting any problems and i'm not supposed to take uh aspirin so, um, I had like this, uh, I forgot what they're called there. It's kind of like the CBD stuff without the THC here okay, yeah. left over from, um, not bragging. I had cancer a few years ago. And so like, that was what I would use instead of the painkillers. And, um, and so last night I woke up like all achy. So I had some of that and a Xanax. And then later on I looked and the CBD was not without THC. It had, uh. <laughs> sativa in it <laughs> whatever it's legal <laughs> so i ended up having like sativa a xanax and then at the end i was like screw the doctor i'm having aspirin <laughs> so wow. yeah i'm like high as a kite now so we're talking like pc and apple and i'm like i don't know maybe maybe this is what their audience loves <laughs> <laughs> no 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 that's right <laughs> no we should get into the actual show Yes. This or is- maybe they're tearing their eyes out now, being like, what happened? So, <laughs> why are, we, why are they still talking about Justin Long versus John Hodgman? <laughs> That's 10 minutes into the show. It's timely. Dana, we like to ask our guests, uh, aside yes. from having a dad who's in IT, we don't normally add that bit. What, okay. if anything, is your background in science? Um, I don't know if I really have one. I've tried to make turn potatoes into vodka um i I definitely i believe in science but i do leave a lot of things out of the fridge and then eat them anyway but i believe (laughs) in science um i didn't have a great aptitude for it but i i watch uh every day i look at um this website called daily science and I look at like the mind and the brain news because I really don't know how the levers in my brain work. Like, do, do you guys still get that? You know, when you're like, why did I just do that? Or, you know, like when you have a blind spot, like I'm always curious as to like, how do the, how's this thing functioning up here? Oh yeah. Definitely. You know? So I feel like that's probably, but I, that's more the social sciences. Still science. It I is mean, still science. Yeah. Undeniably. How did yeah. the vodka experiment go? Um, you could just buy it. It turns out, yes. <laughs> and that's not the point. Eat your potatoes. I know, but it is weird. It's like, why would I sit? It's like, why would I sit 
and make things that I could just go out and buy so easily. That's, I don't know. I think you, the entire it, last nine months has been people doing that. <laughs> right. I know, but you know, I like the um, like some people get those food delivery services, and they get the food delivery service with the ingredients and then they still have to cook it and i'm like why would you want to do that to me the whole point is i want something complete the less effort the better my biggest investment over the pandemic was in the paper plates (laughs) oh wow you went for it it. yeah i was like i'm not doing dishes yeah the quicker the better yeah this pandemic coincided with me moving into the first house that i've been in with a dishwasher in over a decade and it's pretty nice yeah. No, I made it past that lazy. I'm like, I don't even want to have to empty a dishwasher or load a dishwasher. I'm just paper plates all the time. Did you put the dishwasher in yourself, Andy, or was it already there? No, it was just there. I just haven't lived in a place with a dishwasher since I can't remember when, like mid-2000s or something. Didn't... Oh, hang on. Wait a second. I remember there was... I, a th- uh... I, I thought the old the old house you lived in with Jesse had a dishwasher, but then I seemed to then remember that it was broken or didn't work. I think it was broken. Also, the kitchen was sort of off limits uh, or a scary place because of Stu, the um, (laughs) sleep eater. So, and, and Brendan, the drunk stealer of foods and alcohols. So like, I just had a mini fridge in my office in my side of the house. And I just kept everything away from the weirdos who would steal it while high and sleepwalking. Where are you living? This was a, the, the birthplace of the podcast um, at this house that's now owned by a, a famous showrunner, um, but it was bought by Mimi Rogers, weirdly, in 2016, uh, who flipped it. Um, but I was renting a room in this house in Valley Village and lived there with Jesse Case for like five years. And we had two other random roommates, but the deal was good enough that it was worth the randos because we had this great backyard with a giant pool and but those two roommates were real weird our listeners have heard a lot about them uh Uh one was a washed up soap opera actor who was drinking himself to death in the pool house the other one was a toothless um former sushi (laughs) bartender who would just tell stories about the glory days of the 80s at these new york sushi bars he'd be like andy i'm telling you bruce willis would be there every night bruce willis okay Just very like death of a salesman. Yeah, it was very strange. You should have some great TikTok videos. So, and then where are you now? Now you're in Joshua Tree? Yeah, for the last year as of last Are you being trafficked? (laughs) It's very slow trafficking. (laughs) Just gradually push clothes more into the desert. Yeah. They haven't haven't gotten their price, their asking price. (laughs) I think my main purpose now is caretaker for my neighbor tony who the listeners have also heard about who's now in the hospital i don't mean to sidetrack this do you guys want a tony update sidetrack it i don't even think we've done a track we're just this is all we're all sidetrack right we we definitely uh just to get you up to speed um tony uh teaches karate to the army that's what he says of course he does my apologies but so you don't really need to know that much other information other than he's the kind of guy who tells you that he teaches martial arts to the army. And who tells you that he killed two guys who tried to carjack him out here. And, and when the police came, they said, just walk away, man, <laughs> as police do at the scene of a double homicide. <laughs> so he lives with Nancy Clancy next door. Uh, no relation to Tom, even though he claims it's his, it's his widow. Huh. Um and he's been in and out of the hospital recently. He's got a ton of health issues. His most recent, um, I he called me when I picked up the phone. I said, hey, Tony, how's it going? 
And he said, my left testicle is four times as big as my right one. That's the first <laughs> thing he said. Okay, good to hear from you, Tony. So he's right. He said, uh, hey, wait, wait, that- wait, is that, is he, did he say my left testicle is four times bigger than my right one today? Or was that just like a, hey, just an interesting fact about me. Something I haven't told you before. <laughs> it's always been that way. Uh, yeah, it was new. It was a, it was an acute, not chronic situation. So he was in the hospital here. He just got transferred down to Palm Springs. He's going to get surgery. But now Nancy, who is 80 and mostly deaf, is alone in the house with the 13 pit bulls next door. And they have, they're have they also on two and a half acres with a chain link fence that's locked. So I can't come up to the house to check on her. And Tony just called me from his bed where he said he's in the worst pain of his life, waiting for surgery. This is the ask, worst commune ever. <laughs> I, to ask if I can check on Nancy. I'm like, because he said his her phone stopped working because she, she ran out of minutes. So I'm like, oh, wait, there's God. no phone and she's deaf and she's in this house with 13 pit bulls and they have no card. She might not have food for herself or the dogs and she's behind this locked chain link fence. So I'm like, Tony, how am I supposed to check on her? He said, just drive up and honk your horn. So I was out there for like 10 minutes. <laughs> dogs barking. She finally comes out in a bathrobe. And she says, yeah, my phone works fine. I just don't like keeping it on me. I'm like, okay, well, do you know Tony's in the hospital? She said, yeah. And I said, do you know he's about to go into surgery? He'll be there for like three days. And she said, no, what for? I'm like, oh, she doesn't know about the nuts. So I'm trying not to be super crude. So I just said, that he, he has an abscess in his uh, groin. And she's like, oh, is that what makes his testicle so big? <laughs> And then she made a gesture with her hand, like a grapefruit, like she'd seen it. And I'm like, wait, how, what is this relationship? Because she's 80. Tony's like 59. I, I don't know what their relationship is. You're I, like I feel like he's mayor of the most dysfunctional town. Yeah. But just when she said, is that why his testicles so big? I almost lost it. It was, oh, Nancy and Tony. So knock on wood. He's coming out of surgery with a smaller nut right now. <laughs> Do they I'll just like put you. a pin in it and wait for it to deflate? I, I think that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> it, are these your neighbors? But not too much. They got to like re plug up. Was that sorry? This next door neighbor. Yeah, I can see their house right here from where I'm sitting. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do you know any of your other neighbors? No. On two sides, there's no houses for miles. And on, on, <laughs> on one side, all these lots are two and a half acres, so like a hundred meters square on each side. So everyone's kind of far, even if you're next door. Okay. Uh, the ones, the ones south of me, I've never met. And I've heard they're a little tweakery. No, you uh, hit just, gold with Nancy Clancy, and I know. I feel like I shouldn't give her full name, but whatever. It's too great because I thought that was one of his bullshit stories. He's like, yeah, you know Tom Clancy. He's like, yeah, uh, her, yeah, her widow Nancy. I, I take care of her. I'm like, wait, wait. The widow of one of the best-selling authors of all time lives in this decrepit. House with 13 pitbulls. Okay. Uh, you can Google that, find out he never married anyone named Nancy. But um, oh, then okay. he, he started giving me their bills to pay. So he would give me still cash. available, Andy. I know. Um, but so it was months of me telling this story about what a bullshitter he is. And then I saw this utility bill that he asked me to pay because they don't have, I don't know, bank accounts or the internet or the ability to pay with anything but cash. So he gave me cash and I went online. And sure enough, Nancy Clancy is her name. But. Um, <laughs> Well, if Joshua Tree was trying to break through any stereotypes, you didn't help just now. In terms of uh, just weirdness? Um, I maybe, maybe it's me. I just think in terms of like that that way of like desert yeah. meth. The desert. Yeah. Is, there's no meth involved. It's just desert weirdness. It's just like how did you just see people and you're like, how did it come to this? How did you get like, I finally took, uh, they have no car, like I said, and Tony's incapacitated. So I took her around to go shopping. Cause otherwise 
it's a four mile walk to any place to buy food. I don't know how they've been living. So she loaded up tons of food and Tony wasn't there. So I helped her bring it in the house and just empty, devoid of any furniture, torn up floors, smells like animal things. Oh my um, and God. then I go to put, I go to put this tube of ground beef they got for the pit bulls in the refrigerator, open the door. There's nothing in the refrigerator, but rat feces on every show. She's like, Oh, we don't use that fridge. I'm like, yeah, you think? Wow. Uh, so I guess there's a fridge in the garage or something. It's, it's a bad situation. That's not going to end well eventually. And, um, I feel like I, I just always knew you just don't talk to your neighbors. Yeah, but I'm trying to help. I mean, I want to help them if something happens to whatever. I, it's just like, it's going to break bad. There's no way 13 pit bulls and these people doesn't end up in a bad situation, but, uh, we'll see what happens. I'm doing my best to help them out when I can. You're a good citizen. Uh, I don't know. Did you get the citizenship award in school? <laughs> I did not. Have I gotten any? I don't think I got any awards. Did you get any superlatives when you were in school? No. Oh. Most, most um, likely to. Class clown? Class clown. No, I was, I was fairly, I was fairly invisible. Oh, like sometimes on sports and stuff, I would get like most improved, which just means like, sorry, we hit you so many times. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's like, what else are they going to give me? Like showered a lot, best attendance. Yeah. I always did (laughs) sports and I was just always horrible. But um, yeah, so that was most improved. I think I actually got that for cross country, which I was awful at also. So I really Yeah, that's who that goes to. The person who just kept showing up (laughs) (laughs) with nothing to contribute at all. So anyway, yeah. So I feel uh, bad now that I I hope I didn't bring the mood down with all this Tony stuff, guys. Um, Are you kidding me? This has been the highlight of my pandemic. Okay. On a situation. It's something. It's really something. What if what if they uh, let too much out of his nut and it ends up being four times smaller than the other one? Like, is that an issue? Do they need to worry about that? I don't know if it's the size or the pain, because when he called this morning, he said, it feels like every time I move, someone slams my nuts in a door. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, Andy, next time you close a door, imagine your nuts in there. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that, Tony. <laughs> I can, you know, if I can imagine the second bit, I can also imagine the first bit. Like the, right. <laughs> I've opened and closed doors enough time that that's I not the, the hardest bit to imagine. Right. So, if now you for could, the rest of the day, when you open a door, you're going to think about your nuts being in it. I promise. Because how could you not? Because I just said this. So, <laughs> see, this is why I read a lot of like psychology today stuff because right. it's like what makes some people just the way they are. Hmm. Nobody knows. Uh, the 13 pit bulls, I can't get over either. Uh, it's just all of it. If, if any of these things were in like a pilot script for like a fish out of water sitcom, you'd be like, okay, you're laying it on a little thick with all these extra right. details of how crazy the neighborhood is. But um, it's just it's not believable. Real. I know. It's all. What made it's... you move out there? Uh, the pandemic. I bought the place like a month before the pandemic, but then oh. uh, I came out here March 13th when everything collapsed, thinking that it would just be day. for like a week or two. It was supposed then, to be an Airbnb Right. Situation. I mean, like combination like rental and then escape place for me because I knew I could never afford LA houses. Right. Um, and then what was going to be a rental turned into just my full-time thing now. Nice. Now you're a desert yeah. guy. 
Uh, yeah, around with pit bulls and nutsacks. Stories. <laughs> Wait, so do you do you still have a place here or no? You got rid of your place in L.A. Actually, I'm subletting it just as like a hedge. So if I, you know, if things do open up, I want to be able to come back easily. So oh, they're opening up. Yeah, but I mean, like if 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 there's a situation where jobs require you to be back there, I'll I'll you know ask my subletter. I'll give them notice. Mm-hmm. But like. I think that's still a long ways off. So like I've been getting more work out here than I ever did pre pandemic. So I don't need to be there. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see no. the summer. I mean, I'm tentatively, you know, with the May thing that Biden said, uh, do you guys think that's going to mean that by the end of May, everyone who wants a vaccine will be able to have gotten one or not? That's the um, claim. Well, yeah. the claim is the claim is everyone will be eligible May first, but that has nothing to do with availability. That's just saying. Oh no, I thought the claim was that everyone will have had it by then. Oh, I thought he was just it? saying by the first, if you want it, you are eligible, which is not the same as by the first. There's enough that anybody can go grab one on the same day. Oh no, I thought I thought it was the latter. Oh well, if that's the, I mean, listen, it'd be amazing if that happened. Did you Google check? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, either way, it's just you know, it's all just like I know prognosticating. So. I- I feel like it got harder toward this end here because of the because just feeling like the the uncertainty. It was almost easier, you know, like with the surge where it's like, well, sit back for a while, put your feet up, you're going to be here. So, but once right. it started to clear up, and it's like that thing of nothing has context anymore. The world yeah, has no context. It's a very weird. Like I'm starting to get like a little antsy. If it is almost over, I'm like, wait, have I gotten enough done in this downtime? No. Uh, I'm not quite ready for it to be over, even though I'm totally ready for it to be over. I realize I got enough done. I just need different friends because my friends get more done than me and then they victory bomb me. You know, <laughs> like, like oh. an 8 a.m. like thing of like, guess what? I finished my script. And I'm just like, oh. I, I didn't need to know that at 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> no. Could anybody have written a script in this time? That's amazing. Oh, my... No, my friends are, uh, they are, yeah, they're overachievers. Okay, Biden promised, uh, will promise us 100 million. Sorry, not doing good, uh, fact check. No, it's okay. I mean, you, you guys need to reschedule this a- with me. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I really can't tell anything right now. Like, I didn't think I was as high as I have a feeling I am. <laughs> and I'm not even one of those people that does things high either. Um, just, if you can't find it, it's okay. I'm not going to blame your old computer. But speaking of <laughs> speaking of old computers, Matt, yes, did you, did you know that scientists have unlocked the mysteries of the world's oldest computer? I I had heard that. I believe that was emailed in by a couple of different people. Yes, so, one of them one of them being Liam Kennedy, and I'll drop the link. Wait, scientists unlocked the what? The mysteries of. Uh, a 2,000-year-old device, often referred to as the world's oldest, quote, computer. Oh. Peter Dole sent it as well, by the way. Who was that? Peter Dole also sent it in. Oh, thank you, Peter. Uh, it's, it's been recreated by scientists trying to understand how it worked. The Antikythera Antikythera mechanism has baffled experts since it was found on a Roman-era shipwreck in Greece in 1901. The hand-powered ancient Greek device is thought to have been used to predict eclipses and other astronomical events. But only a third of the device survived, leaving researchers pondering how it worked and what it looked like. The back of the mechanism was solved by earlier studies, but the nature of its complex gearing system at the front has remained a mystery. Scientists from University College London believe they have finally cracked the puzzle using 3D computer modeling. They've recreated the entire front panel and now hope to build a full-scale replica of the 
Antikythera, Antikythera. How would you say it, Matt? I, I, uh, I'd say the correct way, but you carry on. <laughs> uh, uh, using modern materials. So uh, on Friday, and this is four days ago, um, a paper published in Scientific Reports revealed a new display of the gearing system that showed its fine details and complex parts. The sun, moon, and planets are displayed in an impressive tour de force of ancient Greek brilliance, the paper's lead author, Professor Tony Freeth, said. Ours is the first model that conforms to all the physical evidence and matches the descriptions in the scientific inscriptions engraved on the mechanism itself. The mechanism has been described as an astronomical calculator as well as the world's first analog computer. It's made of bronze and includes dozens of gears. Uh, the back cover features a description of the Cosmos display, which shows the motion of the five planets that were known at the time the device was built. Okay, the last um, word you said I understood was planets. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, it's a thing to, you know, it's an astronomical uh, sort of calculator thing with um, references to the five planets they knew about back then. Ah. So only 82 fragments amounting to around a third of the device survived, which meant scientists had to piece together the full picture using x-ray data and an ancient Greek mathematical method. Wow. I can't wait to see this thing working. It's 2,000 years. That's much earlier than I would have assumed. See, and there's it, not going to be any guessing on our stuff when they find our stuff, because Google's going to have it. They're collecting and saving it all. It's all going to be there for them. I don't know, but all it would take is like some you know massive EMP or something. We don't have that much like hardware that allows you to recreate what the software was if the software's all gone, do we? Oh, isn't there a chance that we end up with a world that's less easy to to to, to figure out from our, our rubble? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It depends how much documentation there is on how the how to read the computer information. Because right. if it is just a burnt out piece of metal, then that's not going to tell you anything. Right. If we can't even get that guy's uh, Bitcoin password out of that landfill in the UK, how can yeah. the future? <laughs> Which, has there been an update? That's, that story is the best. Is there any news on that? Do you know? I think didn't is if there's if it's the story. Hang on. There's two different stories, I think, because there's the guy who has something like four four guesses left. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> that might be the guy. Uh, the guy who says he has seven, That's 275 hilarious. million... Yeah, almost three hundred million dollars of Bitcoin in a uh, in a landfill in I thought it was the UK. Wait, it doesn't like ask him. Well, what was your mom's maiden name? What was it's, the name of your first pet? It's just that's like the thing his about Bitcoin is just block, gone. Yeah, that's the thing about that's why blockchain has survived. Why Bitcoin is worth something because of its security. Like if it had these kind of backdoors, it wouldn't have the value that it has. So it can't. It by its by design, it can't have backdoor ways to reset passwords and things you just have to always know what you set, signed your shit up with that's so funny oh that must yeah. that's like losing that's the losing the lottery ticket thing has, but, exactly has he tried bitcoin but with an i and an o like a one and a zero and where the i and the o are <laughs> that's or funny. just 69 all over 69 and yeah. 69 007 cool dude like it's got to be one of those things yeah I, by the way, I went to the library here at Joshua Tree and signed up for a library card because I want to be a citizen. Also, I have something to study for. Hint, hint. Um, but yeah. when I signed up for the card, yeah, how's that for a little Easter egg for the future? <laughs> um, 
I had to set up a, a, what it said a password. And I put it put in my usual password, and it said no, it has to be all numbers. I'm like, wait, what kind of password has to be all numbers? If they just said PIN, I would have used a PIN that I use a lot. But it's like an all number password. It's like I don't know. So I entered eight digits, uh, and then a second later, the the librarian was doing something, and she's like, oh, what's your password by the way? I'll just like print out this card right now. I'm like, wait, I have to tell you my password? She said, yeah. I'm like, uh, I'm sorry, I'm a grown man. My password is sixty nine sixty nine sixty nine sixty nine. <laughs> oh, but, moving up um, to this stereotype sorry I just had to come up with something quick and I didn't realize it could have been four digits I thought that's so funny that she asked you for it <laughs> I, I hope loudly and across the room I was like very apologetic I'm like it's just what came to my head I'm a simple man with simple tastes I, I had a password that tortured me I did for my bank I did something like always win or you know this year, Rich. And it's like, every time you sign in, you're just like, you're an idiot. <laughs> you know? You're just like, you're about to see that you're never going to reach that. Oh, my other one is uh, my website. My uh, email is Dana is cool. And uh, so every time I get into an argument, you know, with customer service and they're like, can we get your email? After like, I finished yelling and going off and I'm like, it's Dana is cool. <laughs> That's great. So, do you own the Bitcoin? I own a 20th of a Bitcoin, so $3,000 right now, I think. Oh, nice. Uh, do you guys have any? I don't have any. I thought the thing with the Bitcoin was it wasn't... I sound like my mom. The thing with the Bitcoin is um, is that it's not backed up by anything. Like, money well, is backed nothing, up by gold. Money's not backed up by gold is the problem with that logic, though. Well, so. I guess I would say at least FDIC insurance. So if somebody steals, then you are. I, I don't know. But money that, that doesn't like, have to do with money. That's just banks. That's that's different. That's money sorry, is backed up though by the countries being able to print more money and control the control right. the scarcity of the money. Right. So you, in that sense, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say which which is different to Bitcoin, where the scarcity is built into is sort of hard-coded into the mathematics and increases over time. Mm -hmm. Okay. But yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but then when you start thinking about it, you realize no money makes any sense and everything is just based on trust. So, yeah. Yeah. But with but the problem is, is this problem this person is having, except they did that to themselves. That was a self-inflicted wound. But if you... um. But if somebody, but if there's fraud on your account, or you're saying there wouldn't even be fraud on your account because of the blockchain? Uh, theoretically, there's no way you could have fraud. I mean, I guess if someone else got your password, they can. Is that okay. enough? I think they could take control of. But your that wallet, other guy wishes someone had his password. <laughs> yeah, I, but the the latest news I can find on this is from two weeks ago. This guy James Howells of South Wales. And I think he still has not been successful. Uh, and his shit's now worth almost $400 million sitting in a landfill somewhere. Holy oh shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's got to that's gotta hurt. And he was offering a, a big chunk of money to the municipality to help fund or just allow him to dig it up. And, you know, saying, I'll give you 25% of the value of this. So the city could get $100 million, But then the city's like, you have no guarantee that you can A, find this, and that B, the hard drive will be readable recoverable so we could just spend a ton of money and get nothing for this wow so he just threw away a hard drive just like that i mean it was like 10 years ago he bought the shit early and the password he says he knows exactly 
or he he figured out he talked to like waste management people and, and figured out the regions that the landfill has used over the years. So he thinks it would be like a localized search, and he thinks that one hard drive would definitely have it. Mm. But uh, no, I, mean, I bet when He's he bought it, you know, it, it was like a couple hundred bucks worth of Bitcoin. But wow, that's crazy. Anyway, are you guys uh, you guys into these like NFTs or Dogecoins or anything? What's uh, anything else in this world? Uh, it just pads? it it feels like a bubble crossed with a Ponzi scheme, and I don't. <laughs> I yeah. m- maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we should be releasing our podcasts as NFTs, and I mean, if you can make a tweet into one, you could. I'm sure you can make a podcast into one. Has anyone done that yet? Oh yeah, someone sold a tweet for like three hundred thousand. No, no, they sold a tweet. Has anyone done a podcast? Oh, let's see. NFT non fungible token. Podcast. I think if you search for that, you're going to get a lot of podcasts about NFTs. Uh, what would you do? NFT version of a podcast? The first first podcast to be released as an NFT. Um, I guess this has happened. It is a podcast called the tech meme ride home yeah they suck yeah this one i only read the headline on so the nft makes it so that it's um it's the only existing version yeah not not the only existing version so much as a there is a uniquely signed version essentially that tweet or that copy of the tweet is the only one that has been signed like that has been sort of mathematically encoded into the blockchain and this is the only one that is like that but you can still see the tweet you can still read it you can still get an exact copy of it you can still get i don't know effectively a print of that work of art that is to all intents and purposes identical but but only one person has the nft version yes i think the art collection thing is the easiest analogy to understand it all like it it follows that pretty closely like there's just the definitive version that you have paid for and doesn't mean someone else can't find a google image of it or whatever like there's a there's a video you know that um artist beeple beeple crap on um instagram he does like weird cg like it's just bizarre i don't know how to i heard about him for the first time in these articles about nfts Oh, his Instagram is pretty funny. It's pretty weird. But yeah, he has this video of uh, of Trump lying in this heap covered in graffiti that he's sold for $6 million or the NFT for it, whatever. Wow. Which I don't know if that money goes to him. I guess it must. And then is that money in Bitcoin? Well, I think it's actually based in Ethereum, isn't it? Oh, is it? Which is another. I I don't know. But I don't know. I feel like I feel like I should be getting in on this scam at the ground floor. <laughs> there are no ground floors for you anything anymore. Definitely call it a scam too. That'll definitely yeah make it a big seller. <laughs> I mean, Dogecoin. Maybe just Dogecoin put out the just that clip of me saying I feel like I should get on in this in on this scam at the ground floor, um, and just put that out as an NFT. Yeah, because that's if you get into a pyramid on the bottom, right at the beginning, then then you're going to do well. It's only everyone else that's going to get ripped off. You might yeah. not have any friends at the end, but yeah, yeah. Um, so, well, all you, right, that is settled. 
<laughs> well, if you can't uh, if you can't get in on the ground floor, um, one thing that you can do this is a horrible transition, but uh, let me no let me, go let go me, for it, Andy. Hmm. Keep keep going. Yes, let me keep let's pull, let's trying to string words together that find a way to talk about. Listen, I can't outsmart my brain. My brain's going to do what it's... Oh, wait a second. Maybe there is a way that I can outsmart my brain. Uh, Andy, I would... <laughs> you would have done it by now if you thought of it. <laughs> well, That's I what I tried. There, there was a course... We would have uh, heard about it, for sure. Brain yeah, hacking, well, life hacking. Mm-hmm. There's a course called Outsmart Yourself, the brain-based, uh, brain-based strategies to a better you that you can go watch and or listen to or both on The Great Courses Plus. You've heard of the Great Courses Plus, Matt, haven't you? I, I have. Um, they, they, are they the guys who sometimes sponsor the podcast, probably science. They do the future <laughs> NFT podcasts, probably science. Yes, um, yeah. As we were talking about, like trying to use the time productively that we still have cooped up at home. Here's a great way to stick the landing. Okay. On COVID, is to get yourself a Great Courses Plus account. Go sign up for free. Go to thegreatcoursesplus.com slash probably get a free trial. They have thousands of courses on tons of subjects that we've talked about in the past, whether it's like uh, understanding the beer making or um, learning to play guitar or uh, the fundamentals of particle physics, like anything and everything. But this course that we've been um, excited about recently is Outsmart Yourself, Brain-Based Strategies to a Better You. It's taught by Professor uh, Peter Vishton of College of William and Mary. He has his PhD in psychology and cognitive science from Cornell. Um, and these lectures, these lectures are great and useful to your day-to-day life. Lessons like beat procrastination by doing nothing, train yourself like a dog, eat slow, eat small, eat smart. I've been starting to eat better, actually, thanks to this. Um, it's just a really great way to spend uh, some of that downtime if you want to like kickstart a return to normalcy and a better you in 2021 belated belated resolutions and shit <laughs> nice That's, that that last sentence is exactly in the copy belated resolutions and shit <laughs> yeah yeah but so again, then you could then yeah, you could call on victory bomb my friends and be like oh yeah i learned spanish or all that stuff i mean i have not that i want to promote weight loss as uh, by default, but I have lost 10 pounds in the last three weeks. That's, that's no lie. That's something. Let's um, see. You, he just victory bombed us. Matt. I, listen, I, it's more that I gained it less. It's not, yeah, it was it's easy to, easy to do once you just stop eating anything and everything whenever you want, because the world is ending. Like once you get rid of that mentality, it's easier right. to uh, <laughs> lose a little bit of weight. Yeah. But yeah, it's a great way to learn something new about yourself, which is obviously very empowering. But this service, you can also learn to speak a new language, learn to be a better chess player, dive into the history of World War II, explore the universe, thegreatcoursesplus.com slash probably, again, for that free trial. And then they also give you $30 off when you sign up for an annual plan. So that becomes just 10 bucks a month, which is a lot cheaper than some streaming services that I won't name. I want to take this one that outsmart yourself because that one will probably teach me like how my levers work. So, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's like simple tools that are like common sense when you, when you think about them, but, uh, hard to implement, but not, not anymore. So go check out these courses. Yeah. Like with, um, 
willpower, it's very strongly, like, this is the tidbits I always go for, like, willpower is very strongly affected by um, decision-making. Like, the more decisions mm-hmm. you have to make um, during the day, then it affects, like, your willpower and stuff. So that's why they say, like, have the same breakfast every day. That's why, like, Obama wore the same suit every day, is it keeps... Zuckerberg's great t-shirt and whatnot. Yep. Willpower... Yeah. Yeah, so this is, yeah, I had read Willpower Rediscovering something, something, something. And so it was, that's all the the whole thing talked about was, yeah. Although I still think, I think I've said this before, but I think that the Zuckerberg thing is, I think that's him bullshitting. I think (laughs) rather than it being, yeah, because the argument is like, I spent that those that minute and a half that I would have spent deciding what to wear instead I've I've saved that so I could spend oh, it just getting bullshit. richer and instead it's bullshit. like yeah no you you just <laughs> you're a dork who dresses like a dork and you've found a way to try and spin your dorkdom as cool that, yeah. that's what you've done and cool slash evil <laughs> and it's just another way of just trying to be like this is how hard I work and this is it's all about drive yeah. fuck you yeah. Nonsense. But the Great Courses Plus. <laughs> Don't... The Great Courses Plus. <laughs> the Great Courses Plus is a, is a fantastic sponsor. We love them a lot. You can check them out, like Andy said. Free trial and right now $30 off an annual pass to it if you go to thegreatcoursesplus.com slash probably. Hey, Dana, while we're talking about huh? your levers and we're also talking about the clock's gears, this is a fun little story. Uh, okay. First mechanical gears, functioning mechanical gears found in nature for the first time. Oh. Yeah, previously we only thought gears with cogs, inter- interlocking cogs, existed in the unnatural world, in the man-made world. But now it shows that a common insect has developed it long before we did. This is uh, Cambridge Research, and it's straight off their website. The juvenile issus, which is a plant-hopping insect found in gardens across Europe has hind leg joints with curved cog-like strips of opposing teeth that intermesh, rotating like mechanical gears to synchronize the animal's legs when it launches into a jump. The finding demonstrates that gear mechanisms previously thought to only be man-made have an evolutionary precedent. It's the first observation of mechanical gearing in a biological structure. Oh my god, it sounds like a bicycle. That's exactly... Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It looks, even in the picture zoomed in, um, in extremely high magnification, it looks like a bicycle gear. And the idea is basically, um, it's to synchronize the leg movements. So it's also a bit like those kids' toys that have, like, you know, you push one leg up, but they move together. It's, It's exactly for that. They are geared so that rather than the synapses having to fire each leg individually, because these things are such quick reactors and so, so tiny, it's designed to make sure that both legs fire. push off at the oh, same time. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. If, it was, if it's fast enough, there's a slight delay, then you're just going to like fly off to the right or left or whatever. Right. I say designed. This is It has right. evolved. <laughs> sure. But you, you get what... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, that's, but the, that's found God during the pandemic, and uh, it's really starting to show. And the Lord, the Lord cut these insects open, and He put gears inside them, and He closed them up, and He sprinkled life upon them. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's exactly that. The tiniest discrepancies in synchronization could cause the cause it to yaw like a plane, like rotate in the uh, vertical uh, plane. In the ver- right, like rotate. Yeah, if you put like a. Um, 
a stick through the middle of it spinning around that stick effectively mm-hmm. that's the way it would rotate if it was off oh uh so instead it just sends the nerve signals to the muscles which are respectively one unit and they all spring together that's really cool that's pretty incredible just to have the well i guess that answers the nature versus nurture thing like uh yeah born with it <laughs> Like, unless somebody... your parents to build leg gears? If that's, like, righty or lefty, if somebody... If somebody's, like, more of a lefty, then that thing would... The the direction would go, like, more to the left or something, right? Wait, say that again? Like, if the... It's an insect we're talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah, so if the insect had... Like, if they had variations, like, the same way we do, of, like, somebody's more of righty or lefty then they could go veering off onto the side and be all wobbly or no. It, well, yeah, if they, weren't, if they weren't inherently synchronized by this gear, then I don't even know if it's like handedness as much as just if one of them fired a split second before the other. I'm just saying they, one of them's got to be like, you know, kind of wasn't put together right. You know, just like sure, us. there's got to be bad versions of these guys. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, they must have runts and whatnot. Yeah. Well, here's the other interesting thing about it: that's only the gears are only found in the insect's juvenile, also known as its nymph stages, and are lost in the final transition to adulthood. So they have these transitions called molts, which is when the animals cast off ridges skin at key points in their development in order to grow. And it is not yet known why the Issus loses its hind leg gears on reaching adulthood, but the scientists point out that the problem with any gear system is that if one tooth on the gear breaks, the effectiveness of the whole mechanism is damaged. So in the nymphs, apparently, it, according to this theory, the breakage could be repaired in the next molt, but if it happens in adulthood, then it's permanent. You're stuck with a broken bike. Hmm. Wow. See? And, it, if, and it's also... Years- Go for it. Go ahead. No, no. It's just I would have thought one one tooth missing wouldn't actually gum ruin it that much, much because I guess so though. Yeah. But I, I guess it's it too many. So to go little with. for everything to just fall apart. Yeah. And it, it also says it could be down to the larger size of adults and constantly and so consequently their trochantera, the insect equivalent to the femur or thigh bones, uh, are bigger, which might allow them to create enough friction to power the enormous leaps from leaf to leaf without the need for the intermeshing geared teeth to drive it. So they're still synchronized by these two being... Well, they're just, the they're just more just powerful, so they can, they can allow a little bit more error. Okay. Or is it just like a clutch that relies on purely friction? I don't know. I don't know. Well, it also says, unlike man-made gear, each tooth is asymmetrical and curved towards the point where they interlocked. Um... So as uh, man-made gears need a symmetrical shape to work in both directions, whereas the Issus are only powering one way to launch the animal forward. Hmm, I can't picture that, but I... Yeah, I can't. That's a little out of my... It's very out of my thing. I'm just sitting here going, like, I can't even walk through doorways. When I walk through doorways, I always hit a shoulder, and I'm always kind of like, how do I not... Like, I'm not that big... How do I? How can I not find the spatial relation here? And it's my home, but still, I'll just like go and walk and just boom. That's some kind of dysmorphia, right? It's got to be. I think so. Sure. Yeah, you've got like uh, like an eighties body dysmorphia where you think your shoulders are far more padded than they are. (laughs) 
how did those not come back at all with all the 80s nostalgia of the last 15 or so years? Shoulder pads? Yeah. Did, did it come back? It didn't, did it? No, I don't think so. Certainly not to that level. I didn't know which Skit. part of it it was supposed to be flattering to. Like, what is it supposed to be? It just makes everyone look very V-shaped. I don't know. Yeah, that was... Do you not like wanted. to see a, a, a broad shoulder? A wide shoulder? No. No, I don't think so. No, not in it. <laughs> all I'm picturing right now is Paula Poundstone's 80s stand-up specials. That's all when I picture oh 80s God. shoulder pads. Yeah, and I'm not knocking Paula Poundstone. She's one of the funniest comics ever. Yeah, she's the best. Those suits no, we, that she had. We skipped that and went straight to. Uh, we're in the '90s now, which I think that the the nostalgia cycle is off. It used to be a consistent like 20 years looking backwards, but now it's like 30 years looking backwards, kind of. Because like Billie Eilish and all these people with their baggy '90s stuff and middle parts and. Uh, Billie Eilish, Did you by the way, watch the Billie Eilish, uh, this isn't science, but it could be. Did you watch the Billie Eilish documentary on Apple? No. Does it talk about how she doesn't even know she's a juggalo? How she doesn't That's, even know she's a what? <laughs> she's, she's like an unwitting, uh, it's like, I don't think she realizes that she's a juggalo, but she's definitely a juggalo. <laughs> like everything about her fashion is juggalo fashion. I don't even know what juggalo is. It's saying clown posse fans. Oh, Okay. Anyhow, you were saying. Yeah. No, I wasn't really saying oh. saying much. I feel like I ruined your podcast. Did I ruin your oh, podcast? Oh, what? No. Okay. I, no, we've been doing that ourselves for years. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good, good, good. You didn't talk about Tony's testicle. <laughs> I could have, Or though. did you? I can now. <laughs> but Tony did. One. No matter what podcast I have next, I'm just going to be talking about Tony's testicle. Oh, Tony. Um, but going back to the doorway in the frame, here's the other thing I struggle with. Time. Like, I still don't understand time, like how it flies how, and the or and like nuts, running. Like, like, just like, how did I just lose two hours? Where did that just go? Oh, you're oh, talking you more meant, about you your perception shoulder. of time rather than the scientific principle of yeah. time. But I'm just saying how long before my brain evolves to really understand it the way I should. In, wait, in terms of what again? In terms of just like the way that... You know, you'll just be, you're just like, maybe this is just me. You know, I feel like I'm about to reveal something. I shouldn't. It's just like in terms of losing track of time, you know, I'm like, yeah, how do I, mean, I still not get time? How do I still not get how it works? I don't think it's ever consistent perceptually. I think it's always dependent on things going on in your life. Like even the last year, everything about time perceptually, I think changed because everything about our environments changed you know whether it slowed or sped up it definitely i mean don't you perceive the last year to have been a completely anomalous year in your life as far as the perception of time yes but i wasn't so good with it before then but i would yeah, just I don't think there's think I don't like think why don't we have an internal instinct i mean of how much time is passing although comedians definitely have a better one because we're so used to like just the we we know how long five minutes can be. It can be very yeah, long. Uh, it can time. be very long. It can yeah. be very long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's a goal to have like a perfect internal clock. I don't know if there's any like evolutionary advantage even to have that, which is probably why we don't. I guess that's what the watch is for. Yeah. I'm glad we saw that problem. <laughs> <laughs> but actually this last year made me question my old I had this theory about like 
your experience of time, like as you age, it does seem like every year goes by faster, which makes sense because it's a smaller percentage of your life than, you know, the, yes. fifth, year, the fifth year of your life was 20% of your life. The 40th year of your life is two and a half percent of your life. Well, I heard one comic say like when you're younger, it's like you're on the, the local train and it's like when you get older, it's like you're on the expressway. Like it just flies. You yeah, know, like but fires. then I've heard people talk about how like the re- one of those reasons that the perception changes in the direction of speediness later in life is because you have less novelty than you did early on in life, which might be why the last year slowed a bit because there was tons of novelty, right. not good, not not good novelty, but like things were things were novel for a bit there. And that, I feel like, like the last year didn't slow at all. Stimulus you have. I feel it like did, it went fast for you. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I I feel like. Lockdown started, and we're like, oh, this might last a few months. And then suddenly it was a year later. Yep. Oh, I feel like it was so long. No. Wow. I don't know. But I mean, I can, there's, I can look at it different ways, and I can sort of see it as being short. But I know in the moment it felt super long. I don't know. Yeah. In retrospect, just the fact that I've been sitting at this counter for a year it does make it seem like it must have flown, but uh, it sure didn't feel like it when it was happening. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have another story? Well, yeah, right. I like, I, I, like, I know that we've been space. biology heavy in this episode, but I I like this story that was sent in by Alexander Duenas, or Danias, um, who signed his name and then underneath signed Alexander D. Something which mm-hmm. I'm guessing is what we said last time when we read out his name. So well, thank I you. Mean, it's got, it's got the tilde. So it's Duenas, right? I, I hope so. I hope we're at least, I hope we're at least sort of 60% close to his name, but um, I'm, I'm going to bet a lot that Duenas is right. All right. Uh, it's a, this, a sea slug that cut off his own head and lived to tell the tale. Yes. In fact, thrived. Put that link in the in the um, little link thing at the top there. I don't know if you want to see it, but it, ecologist Sayaka Mito said it looked like a horror movie in her lab at Nara Women's University in Japan when she was studying sea slugs. One of the slimy aquatic creatures, says this ScienceMag.org article, had lost its body and its head was crawling around the bottom of a tank. We thought it would die soon without a heart and other important <laughs> organs, but it didn't. Within days, the slug began to regenerate its entire body. By the end of the month, it was back to normal. Oh my god. Right? That's insane. Remember when you were a kid and you used to cut like a worm in half, and then you, you're like, now I have two worms. Yeah, yeah, and then you find out a little bit older that that's utter bullshit. All you've done is created a dead worm that wriggles for a bit. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Oh, is there a definitive organ that has to be in the living half? Is there uh, with the two worms for it um, to continue? Like, is it? Well, I don't know. It, it's it not looks two like in this case, it's just the one worm. And you... Maybe one half of it could survive in certain situations, depending on the worm. But in my experience as a kid, the few times I tried it was it was it was not a successful experiment. Right, and right. I feel sorry for the family of those worms now. <laughs> but. So it, Are by you the end, confessing. This, yeah, I feel this is some worm genocide. I feel good now for getting that out. That's been that's been sitting with me for many years. Truth and reconciliation's worm committee happening. 
The, the remarkable recovery, which is reported in current biology, has been observed in simpler life forms such as hydra and flatworms, but it's practically unheard of in complex animals like sea slugs. I don't know complex, but okay. I mean, it's pretty complex. More complex than a flatworm. Yeah. Uh, and Alejandro Sanchez Alvarado, who's a molecular biologist at the Stowers Institute for Medical Research, says it underscores the fact that still in the 21st century, we truly do not know what is possible in biology. So Mito and her colleagues took, uh, after initial observation, they took a closer look at two species of sea slugs, Alicia marginata grown in the lab, and the first team observed, uh, sorry, that's the, f- the first one that the team observed ditching its body, and E. atroviridis collected from the wild. And over the course of the study, five of the first group decapitated themselves, uh, a behavior known as... Oh, it was autot- like a trend. They yeah. were yeah. all doing it. It's called autotomy. I don't know why they would do it, though. The neck wound usually closed within a day, and the heads, especially in younger specimens, began to feed on algae within hours. What? They're getting this algae munched on. 20 days later, an entirely new body had regrown, says the Wait, team. So is this uh, one of those things that they do, like, you know, like the bird and the spider dance like to impress a mate <laughs> yeah i don't know like look at look at me whack my head off it's like slug jackass yeah but you know like like my parents always said just you can't let peer pressure convince you to to give head it's you <laughs> don't have to do it just because everyone else is doing it Did, how often were they saying that andy they were saying that really surprisingly often considering <laughs> That really has more of an oral sex connotation now that I think about it. But um, yeah, strange, strange parental I doubt, advice. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they meant it in a slug sense. Probably, yeah, yeah. So it does also make clear that the bodies never regrew heads. The he- Only the heads regrew bodies. So they still again, very much ended up with the same number of slugs at the end of this So action. there's just like a lot of slug asses out there without yeah, heads. that they've shed. <laughs> they've got rid of. So in the E. atroviridis, which is the wild group, three out of the 82 automatized, uh, autotomized rather, and two of those three eventually grew new bodies. All of these animals were infected with small crustaceans known as copepods. In another group of 64, E. atroviridis without parasites, none self-decapitated, Leading the researchers to hypothesize that animals cast off their bodies as a means to get rid of parasites. That seems like an extreme oh. action there. But also pretty badass. It is. Uh, another possibility is that the slugs, the slugs did this to escape predators. But when the researchers try to mimic an enemy's attack by pinching and cutting the creatures, none of them cast off their bodies. And the process itself takes several hours, which scientists say would make it ineffective as a means of escape. How what? how the slugs survive without a heart and other vital organs for nearly a month remains a mystery. Mitch and her colleagues suggest, suspect that it might be tied to their ability to survive using the photosynthetic algae in their diet, while other en- energy sources are unavailable. The find is another example, quote, of how biology can come up with clever solutions to challenges that threaten survival, so according to James Godwin, who studies animal regeneration at the Jackson's labor- Laboratory. But he, although he cautions that regeneration of this magnitude may never be possible in vertebrates like humans, 
Godwin says that the slugs could provide a valuable testing ground for understanding the genetics behind remaking whole body sequences. Did you guys play the video at the top of this article? It's one of the better videos of, of, of for a story we've done. It's, yeah, we'll uh, put a link to that as we always do in, on probprobablyscience.com and it is only 13 seconds long, this video. This head I don't is have that kind of time this pandemic could be ever seen. <laughs> I wish the video was showing how they actually, like, how do they self-decapitate? Yeah, that's the bit I, I want to know, because how it. do you, you can't bite, I can't bite my head. Right. They don't have limbs. They just wheel their heads off. Is that what it is? It's <laughs> I like, don't know. Think hard enough and your head pops off. Oh, that is weird. Yeah. How would they know how to do that? It's really it's fascinating. Like they don't have sharp nails or anything. They have nothing. But look at this active head coming back to look at its old body. It's just the most, this video, I can't stop watching it. Oh, that Let's is weird. Yeah, to go back and visit your old body too. Yeah, I don't want to be reminded of that once I've... But definitely, if I snapped off my head, I would definitely grow myself a way better body. <laughs> be like, well, they do, you know... in, in this in, one taller. In the French Revolution and in guillotine happy times, people have like done little experiments just to see how long... Like you do regain consciousness for a little bit after being decapitated not regain you do keep it you know until the blood leaves your brain but uh-huh but you don't then like hang around much. for a month slowly regrowing the no, rest of your body not not that i've heard of at least no I you know like you know who has gone vulner- i feel like it would make you more vulnerable to predators to just be having a head just to be a head body. unless yeah. they go for the body unless the predators just eat the body and you you, you ear flap off yeah, I, I guess your head is probably the least enjoyable part of you, food-wise. Unless you're talking about, like, wasn't head cheese, like, the actual muscle from the scalp of a cow? It's not much muscle there, though. Ew. Uh, I have no eat, idea on that front. Okay, pretty sure it's a thing called head cheese, but... Um, you, you know who has gone quiet recently? Who's the uh, The guy who claimed to be doing... What he oh, the, called head transplants, head transplants and that are we were adamant were body transplants. Yeah, yeah, Calavari or something. That's right. Yeah, he hasn't. I feel like in the early days of the podcast, he cropped up about every four months with a new story, and he's he's very much disappeared. He's 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 gone back into the shadows. Maybe maybe well, he's retired here's... to his lab and he's going to emerge with an even better procedure. I don't know if this is since we've last discussed it in the podcast, but here's an article from 2019 about how the guy who agreed to be the first patient has changed his mind. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess, um, is this the Cavallari? Okay, uh, speaking from Florida, Val Spiridonov, who suffers from a muscle-wasting disease, had volunteered to undergo the procedure at the hands of Italian surgeon Dr. Sergio Canavero. That's the name. Um, but he's since changed his mind after falling in love and having a child. Good reasons to... Uh, not die, which you would do if you, <laughs> you would so. definitely do. Yeah, I, that's, that's a really that's actually a way more uplifting end to this story than I thought we were going to find. That's good for him. That's uh, yeah, rather than just allowing an Italian liar to remove your head, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, not that it couldn't happen someday, but he's just shown no real evidence as to how he knows how to reconnect a spinal cord. But he's getting married, so. Don't you feel like, now why can't I find someone? <laughs> That's great. Congrats, Val. Maybe I'm just not trying hard enough. And and commiserations, Dr. Cannavaro. 
and I hope you find another test subject soon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, because you will murder him or her yeah. or them. Again, it's not that it's not possible. It's just not possible with any technology we currently have. I could see a world where it is possible. Yeah, it's it's certainly not beyond the realm of plausibility. With the, I was about to say we've done, but that very much gives me more credit than I deserve. Uh, <laughs> science and and medical science has successfully done some quite remarkable things in the transplant world. Now they can whole limbs, they can connect to the point that they are reasonably well functioning. Right, right. I think it's purely the spinal cord. Everything else could be connected successfully as far as, you know, circulation and other... Right. Almost every... Just, uh, as pretty much all the main internal organs, right? Well, maybe not. Have, have, have been transplanted at some point? Certainly liver, kidney, yeah. and Do, heart. Has, have there been pancreatic transplants? Because if not, is that the reason why pancreatic cancer is so much more deadly than a lot of other ones? I don't know. I don't think there's been that. I think there's been your liver grows, right? Like you could just take a little piece of your liver, give it to someone else, and then that'll grow. Uh, This is out of my... uh, I I was in medical school so long ago now. uh, (laughs) It's hard to remember these. I mean, you you do enough hours every year to keep your license going, right? Of course. I call up Dr. Canavero and we do some (laughs) back alley. Is that your other podcast? See what bits you can glue onto other bits. By the way, speaking of transplants, a thing that I learned because of someone else's post, I think on Reddit that was a today I learned, but did you guys know when you get a kidney transplant, they leave in your old kidneys? I did know that. I did not know that. I heard when you get a kidney transplant, the new kidney is only expected to last for like 10 years. Oh, I haven't. I didn't know that. Yeah. But yeah, your own kidneys will usually be left where they are unless they're causing problems such as pain or infection. So you might just have like a shit ton of kidneys by the end of uh, getting a bunch of transplants. Yeah, that's the point. I I did know that for one transplant, but then if you have multiples, I don't know what they then do. They must... Take uh, out the old transplanted one or something? You'd think so, right? If you were going to take one out to to leave space, it would be the one that wasn't wasn't originally inside the patient. So then if yeah, you need a second kidney transplant, then you're just going to be, you don't take any out. You're just going to be filled with four kidneys. It's going to be no space. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think you would probably, okay, let's, let's go to an actual medical site here. How long could one expect a kidney transplant to last on average between 10 and 12 years? Ah, um, now, now look up what's the most kidneys someone can have inside them. <laughs> what's, the, what's the world record for the most kidneys someone currently has? That should be a thing that someone tracks. Let's see if they do. Um, well, like, there's been someone who's had a seventh kidney transplant. Let me see if that means they actually had seven inside them at once or more. If they've got that many kidneys, they'd be really easy to fight. You know? Oh my god, they must have to pee <laughs> all the time. Oh no, you would have, if the more kidneys you have, the less you'd have to pee. Hmm. Oh, because it was Isn't filter more? I guess. Because you... Yeah. There's more holding spots. Well, but, finding... But the kidney only does the, the... Only filters. It doesn't... I mean, the bladder contains the pee. So... Oh. 
doesn't the kid? It sort of goes into the kidney and then gets filtered and goes out into the bladder. So, so you'd be peeing all the time. Maybe, maybe because you've got more stuff that you're pe- you're processing, or I, can't, I don't, I don't know. It's a little this... like that whole breathing out more than you breathe in thing, where like there's still like an, <laughs> there's an in and out to fluids to your body, and there's a limit to how much can go out if you haven't put enough in. Yeah, I think right? that's probably the. If you were asked this in a job interview, and that was one of the questions, like they, uh, <laughs> I think that's probably the best answer. I think, I think on the balance, on the balance of things. Yeah. Ooh, I, by the way, I'm finding an article now with an actual doctor who's saying sometimes when we transplant young people, they wind up needing a transplant later again later in life, and occasionally a third transplant. They're oh literally they they will literally have five kidneys at once. <gasps> wow! Oh All right, God. there we go. Yeah. Can you imagine doing the autopsy and no one told you? You'd be no so t- surprised. <laughs> You'd be like, oh my God. It's like a clown car in there. Yeah. He died of kidneys. <laughs> <laughs> Hyperkidneosis. Yeah. I used to know somebody who just had one kidney. Like she was just born that way, but she didn't know it till she was older. Her name was Eileen. And I would call her Eileen. Eileen was <laughs> only one kidney being... Oh, I thought you meant just the, the, the asymmetry of the weight and the kidney on one side. Oh, she was no, listing no, no. over to the Eileen. Yeah. No, that was actually your name. And I'd be okay. like, Eileen, Eileen, with only one kidney bean. I don't oh. think that was, it was a temp job. <laughs> Very temporary. Yeah. Her life you're talking about, right? Uh, no, the job. No. Okay. I do know, I know someone who donated a kidney to his brother. Oh my god! And it, did it work out well? Yeah, it's, it's it's in there. It's going. Brothers around. How wow. bad was the um, recovery for the guy who donated it? I think I don't think it's the easiest thing. But yeah, I heard the donating is harder than the receiving. Oh, well, I guess because one of you is suddenly getting an improved quality of life, and one maybe uh, yeah a, a lessened one. Yeah. So, but. Uh, but soon we'll be able to make, uh, how, how long, how, I probably should have asked this in the chat, but how long do we go on the podcast? <laughs> oh, we we should, we, we should wrap stuff wrap up, up soon. Yeah. Okay. I th- if we whisper it, the audience doesn't hear what we're saying. <laughs> great thing about podcasts. <laughs> yeah. I, um, guess, I guess doorways aren't my only problem. <laughs> Let's close the door on this, but first ask uh, Dana Eagle, where can our listeners find out more about you and what you do? Well, I'm sure they were just enthralled with my presence here. Why wouldn't they want to see me more? Um, I'm, oh, I think I'm doing this one called Lockdown Comedy on Thursday. And they could also go to my website, DanaEagle.com. I think I have like Dana Eagle tweets. I have like those things. Well, we'll put links to all of those places. Oh, my book, How to Be Depressed, A Guide. Oh, Right. Oh yeah, we should definitely plug that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how long ago did you write that? That wasn't a COVID thing, I'm guessing. But it would just be howtobedepressed.com. Excellent. Is the website for that, and um, and then yeah, yeah. So that's that's all. That's all I've got. Well, we'll links to all those in the show notes if you want to check them out. Yeah, we'll do definitely. that for sure. And you can find us at probablyscience.com on Twitter at probablyscience, individually at Andy T. Wood and at Matt Kirshen. Probablyscience at gmail.com is the web, is the email address, rather, for any questions, comments, clarifications, and stories you'd like us to cover. 
thank you, listeners, for tuning in, and thank you, Dana, for joining us. Thank you. Sorry, I wasn't at my uh, best. I mean, I usually apologize anyway because I'm Jewish, but I wasn't at my (laughs) best today because I wasn't. Yeah, I was overly optimistic about the vaccine, so I've been. uh, You're vaccinated, and that makes you at your best. (laughs) So there's no apology. Okay. All right. She's she's healthy. By the way, how did you how did you get eligible for it? Um, it well, actually, I don't actively have cancer, but I'm just at my fifth year. And so the doctor was just like, you, I had enough. He's like, you've got enough risk factors. He was like, get, get in there. Um, but well, there's a silver lining then, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I felt, uh, you know, a little bit torn in terms of like, it, it's supposed to be for people who are actively have cancer now but the the thing is is that um like cancer with covid cancer survivors have uh just only slightly worse outcomes but the exception was hematological cancers which is what i had so which is like the blood cancer so i think that's why they were like i don't think you have any apologizing to do yeah i think i think you are so morally justified in that there are so there are so many people less deserving and less needy than you who have managed to get ahead of you in the line. So yeah. I think I think you're all good, and I'm very happy that you are now more oh, protected than you, you were yesterday. Thank you so much. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I had like a lot of uh, like, oh, is this okay? And uh, yeah, and then um, and then I I had just heard them say, you know, it's for people who would likely end up hospitalized, and I was like, oh yeah, that'd be me. So it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So let's put a stop to that. Yeah. Yes. And your doctor said it as well. You're good. Yeah, You're yeah, fine. And, yeah. I, and I'm very happy you are now. Well, thank le- you. To an extent vaccinated. Thank you. Uh, and li- thank you to Kedron Health Center, downtown LA. Good for them. Yeah. And listeners, uh, I hope you're staying safe. I hope you are either vaccinated or well on your way to being vaccinated. And we will see you next time. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.